In those days, when the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under the direction of Eli, there were very few messages from the Lord, and visions from him were quite rare. One night, Eli, who was now almost blind, was sleeping in his own room. Samuel was sleeping in the sanctuary where the sacred covenant box was. Before dawn, while the lamp was still burning, the Lord called to Samuel. He answered, Yes, sir, and ran to Eli and said, You called me, and here I am. But Eli answered, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord called Samuel again. The boy did not know that it was the Lord, because the Lord had never spoken to him before. So he got up, went to Eli, and said to him, You called me, and here I am. But Eli answered, My son, I didn't call you. Now go back to bed. The Lord called Samuel a third time. He got up and went to Eli and said, You called me, and here I am. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to him, Go back to bed. And if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and stood there and called as he had before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, your servant is listening. The Lord said to him, Someday I am going to do something to the people of Israel that is so terrible that everyone who hears about it will be stunned. On that day, I will carry out all my threats against Eli's family from beginning to end. I will have already told him that I was going to punish his family forever because his sons have spoken evil things against me. Eli knew they were doing this, but he did not stop them. So I solemnly declare to the family of Eli that no sacrifice or offering will ever be able to remove the consequences of their terrible sin. May God add his blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. This is God's word for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to begin by sharing with you a story that maybe you've heard. It's an old story about a man who kept falling asleep Sunday mornings during during the sermon. His pastor was getting rather frustrated by that. And so one Sunday he decided to teach this man a lesson. As was his practice, uh, he started to, to preach slowly, almost in a monotone. Sure enough, the man was soon sound asleep. So the pastor said to the congregation, everyone who wants to go to heaven, stand up. Everyone stood, of course, except the one man who was sound asleep. So the pastor had everybody sit back down. And then he said gently, everyone who wants to go to Hades, and then with a bang on the pulpit, And a rise in his voice, he said, stand up. Well, that jolted the man awake, and he jumped to his feet and uh, kind of looked around and was a little puzzled, but he looked at at the preacher, and he said, well, well, preacher, I don't know what we're voting on, but it looks like you and me are the only ones for it. So I don't know who got taught what lesson that morning. But the point of that whole enterprise is that it can be dangerous to fall asleep in church. Do you remember the story from the book of Acts about Eutychus? On the, about on the third floor, some 30 feet, 25, 30 feet up in the air. And the, the sermon has gone on and on and on and on. He fell out the window and, of course, uh, miraculously was uh, not injured. It can be dangerous to fall asleep in church.
Well, apparently Samuel was supposed to be sleeping on the occasion of this story from our Old Testament. However, during the course of his sleep, he kept hearing a voice. The scriptures tell us that it was uh, during this time in Israel's history, the voice of the Lord was rather rare. No great visions were being passed on to the people. Eli was uh, getting old and his family were had not been living up to the expectations uh, that were laid upon them. So the voice comes to Samuel in his sleep. He doesn't know what it is. He goes running to Eli, believing that it's Eli calling him. And Eli says, no, it's not me. Go back to bed. I didn't call. Happens a second time. Happens even a third time. By the time it, the third time rolls around, Eli uh, is still perceptive enough to realize that it must be the Lord. And so he tells Samuel, you hear that voice again. Say, Lord, your servant is listening. I am here. It can be dangerous sometimes to hear the voice of the Lord. Samuel was going to have to pass on some very, very bad news to Eli. The word that the Lord had for Eli's family was not a good word. If you read the following verses, you'll pick up more of that story. But Samuel now has been called into this new position. Remember, he is he is just a boy. A moment or so ago, I suggested that it's dangerous to sleep in church. Actually, we might say that the real danger is is being in church. Just like the boy Samuel, you or someone you may have brought with you may hear the voice of God. And as with countless others through the centuries, that voice can change your life forever. I hate to use a story from... uh, uh, Duke, because, you know, some of us, where's Jerry, are united people, right? Absolutely. But Bishop Willimon does a lot of writing, and I have read a lot of his his stuff. And uh, I want to tell you, uh, pass on this story to you. Uh, back when uh, Will Willimon, long before he was bishop, when he was dean of the chapel at Duke, and one of Pastor Mike's professors, uh, and uh, he got a very angry call from an upset parent. And the parent told Will Willimon, I hold you personally responsible for this. Me, Will said. What did I do? Well, the father was hot. He was upset because his graduate school-bound daughter had just informed him that she was going to throw it all away, in his words, and go do mission work with the Presbyterians in Haiti. Isn't that absurd, said the father? She's got a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Duke, and she's going to go to Haiti to dig ditches. Well, said Will, I doubt that she's received much training in the engineering department here at at Duke uh, in ditch digging, but I'm sure she's quite bright, and she'll be able to pick it up quickly. (laughs) Look, said the father, this is no laughing matter. You are completely irresponsible to have encouraged her to do this. I hold you personally responsible. Well, the conversation goes on, and Dr. Willeman pointed out that the well-meaning but obviously unprepared parents were the ones that really had started that ball rolling. They were the ones who had her baptized. 
They were the ones who taught her Bible stories when she was a kid. They were the ones who took her to church. They were the ones who took her to Sunday school. They were the ones that let her participate with the Presbyterian Youth Fellowship. So Will said, you're the ones that introduced her to Jesus, not me. But, said the father rather meekly, all we ever wanted her to be was a good Presbyterian. Well, you can substitute Methodist or any other denomination in there you want. But listening to the voice of God can be a dangerous thing. It might call us to places and to do things that we might not previously thought about doing. Are you ready this day to hear the voice of God? It can be dangerous. What Samuel heard was not something warm and fuzzy. He heard a word of severe judgment. You and I, if we listen to that voice of God, we may hear that we're called to do something that we really don't want to do. We might get called to do something with people we really would rather not be around. Remember the story of Jonah and his call to go to Nineveh? He didn't want to go. Really listening can sometimes leave us really disturbed. You know, we're living in a time much like that of the boy Samuel, a time when the word of the Lord seems to be rare, when the vision seems to be missing, but yet God's voice is still there, always around us, calling our name, calling your name, calling mine, just like little Samuel. And when we hear the voice and when we respond to the voice, our lives are forever changed. There's a story about a young man in the Great Depression. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching. Uh, I guess we're running out. I missed it last night, but I'd seen the first several uh, nights of the uh, uh, show on uh, public uh, broadcasting about the Roosevelts. And, of course, that whole history and period during the Depression. And it kind of helps pick, paint this picture of what it must have been like when so many people were so desperate to work. But there was a, an ad placed during the Depression, and, the, uh, and uh, the telegraph operating folks, the newspaper, had an ad for a telegraph operator, and, and a man, young man saw that ad, and he went to the telegraph office, and uh, he had studied Morse code while he was unemployed, and uh, as he entered into that room, he just saw the room just absolutely jammed, full of other young men looking for work as well, and his, his heart kind of sank, and he was sitting in his chair, and he kind of noticed there was a... a you know, something was going on and just all of a sudden he jumped up and he ran into the, into the office where the manager was. All these other guys had been sitting there, but he ran in. And, uh, when he came back out, the manager followed right behind him and he said, the rest of you may go home. This man has just been hired. Well, the others wanted to know, uh, he was the last one here and, and he's the only one you even talked to and you hired him. What about the rest of us? The manager says, well, all the time you've been sitting here, I've been tapping on the window, and I've been tapping out in Morse code. If you understand this message, come on in, you're hired. You all heard, but he's the only one who listened. God's voice is like that. We hear the noise, we hear the chatter, we hear stuff and sounds and stuff all around us. But your friends, your spouse, your children, your parents, your colleagues, 
that's oftentimes where we hear the voice of God. And you know what's even scarier than that is sometimes God uses you and God uses me, our voices, as his word. His word of hope, his word of encouragement, his word of challenge. It's a tremendous responsibility if we pay attention, if we really, really listen. A young man had lost his job and didn't know which way to turn, so he went to see an older minister. Pacing about the pastor, studied the young man, ranted about his problem, and finally he clenched his fist and shouted, I beg God to say something to help me, but I hear nothing. God doesn't answer. Why is that? And the older man from across the way spoke something in reply, something so hushed it was almost indistinguishable. So the young man stepped across the room and said, what did you say? The pastor repeated himself, but again in a tone as soft as a, as a whisper. And again the man said, sorry, I, I, I didn't hear you. So with their heads bent together and the old minister now that they were that close, God, he said to him, God sometimes whispers. So we all have to move closer to him. If you're not hearing the voice of God, maybe you're not close enough. Maybe you're not listening carefully enough. What is it this day that you need to be listening for? What decisions do you need to make? Is your life headed in the direction you want it to be headed? Then listen. Listen. It's there. Amen.